What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to Eastside Group's podcast, where each week, Pastor Chad Mann and Emily Watson will chat about the need for discipleship, what it is, and how we as believers and as a church are working towards being disciples who make disciples. If you're new to our podcast, Eastside is a church who exists to transform Fort Smith and beyond. Our purpose here at Eastside is to gather, grow, and go. Learn more about us at myeastside.tv. Let's get started. All right, welcome to our Eastside Groups podcast. Today we have uh, some special guests. We have Matt and Rebecca Finney. Hello. Hello, hello. hello. Good to have you. And then we you? have, oh, I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. No one ever asks me that. I'm so thankful. So Clint, we have Clint Johnson and his wonderful wife Kaylee with us today as well. So thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Today is kind of a different episode, but it's not. I mean, we've talked... We've talked a lot over the last year about discipleship and D groups and gospel-centric things, and today we're talking a lot about, well, adoption and foster care. So it's a, it's a special episode, in my personal opinion. But it's not something that's going to be like, you know, uh, off to the side. Because when we think about discipleship and making disciples, we think about families, we think about homes, there's a whole culture or world out there that I think is very unknown. It's not there's not a lot of attention drawn to the need for families to step in and to to do foster care or to adopt, you know. Mm-hmm. Um I was blown away several years ago by just the world that I began to see. It was like my eyes were opened and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is happening right here in mm-hmm. my hometown or my county or in my state and so today I want us to just talk about you know the kind of the gospel according to adoption and foster care and so thanks for being here um, with us today so you know a few questions that we kind of want to walk through um, today but what I'd like for you to do is just kind of introduce yourself starting with you Mr. and Mrs. Finney on just kind of um, who you are how many kids you have and Uh, so I'm Matt. This is my wife, Rebecca. We've been married, I'm losing track, 16. No. Oh. Not a way to start off this episode. Oh. You should have got your stuff together. Um, but we have three children. Almost 17. Yeah. Yes, almost 17. You should have put 16. that in your notes. We so have 10. Write that down. Don't forget it. Carry on. Um, yes. So we have, uh, we have three children that we were blessed to foster and then um, had the opportunity to adopt. So we have twins that are six, about to turn seven, and then we have a little one that's four. She's about to turn five. So, All right. Mm-hmm. Good deal. Johnsons. All right. Well, Kaylee and I have been married for almost ten years. That's right. All right. <laughs> and uh, we have three daughters, uh, biological daughters, and then we have two 
foster girls right now. Mm-hmm. How long have <clears throat> the two girls been in your care? It will be almost exactly a year in like a week. Next yeah. Thursday. Next oh. Thursday. Yeah, that's what I thought. Wow. It's been a while. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, in the middle of a pandemic. Wow. That is correct. You maneuvered through this. <laughs> yes. That's huge. It is huge. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So let me ask you guys, you know, as we're thinking about this topic, how has God shown himself to you uh, through your experience in foster care and adoption? What's that been like for you? Uh, well, for me, it's been humbling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Extremely humbling. Because sure. um, I think mm-hmm. even though we're focusing on these kids and these souls and being Jesus to them, it mm-hmm. doesn't take but a minute to have that shift and mm-hmm. turn inward. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's been really humbling um, day in and day out when you're dealing with tantrums and mm-hmm. um you know, visits not happening or whatever kind of comes in and blows things up and how quickly I just put my ugly face on (laughs) and how often I have had to repent of that. Mm -hmm. And it has just, I mean, really knocked me down a couple pegs in the best way Mm -hmm. Um, because through it, through fostering, um, we are being made more Christ-like. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a great way to put it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think for us, like you mentioned, just the evidence that adoption is of the gospel. I think we, you know, had heard that, but we hadn't really experienced what that really means until we went mm-hmm. through adoption. And so with adoption, you see careful, care for the vulnerable, um, seeking out these kids, um, walking with them, mm-hmm. um, and, and foster care as well. And then, you know, through adoption, they become your child. They become a part of your family. They um, have your name. And yeah. that is, you can then repeat all of those things with what God does for us through Jesus with the gospel. That I mean, there's no clearer picture of that. And mm-hmm. so that's been pretty amazing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah for... It just preaches it. It preaches it. Yeah. 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 You know, Very way. visible mm-hmm. picture. Yeah. Very. Yeah. Um, another thing that I thought about was just it really made visible how deep the sin problem is mm-hmm. in our world and the ramifications mm-hmm. of sin in our world that I had no idea of the effects of the reason that these kids are in care ultimately is brokenness and sin mm-hmm. and how that affects them. And then mm-hmm. ultimately why we need Jesus and why we need redemption mm-hmm. and that the problem is so big we just need Jesus so desperately mm-hmm. and I think when you start putting yourself out there in any type of um, mission that stretches you you will see brokenness and mm-hmm. and it makes you that desperate of needing Jesus both through what Kaylee was saying I've been humbled through that and needing Jesus, but also mm-hmm. the need for other people to need Jesus, specifically mm-hmm. these these mm-hmm. kids that are in care. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was looking at some numbers earlier, and it was uh, there were some numbers about number of kids that have come to salvation, uh, mm-hmm. come to know Jesus, yeah. or the number of kids that have been baptized. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. wow. they were in a Christian home with Christian foster parents mm-hmm. who were praying with them and mm-hmm. telling them about mm-hmm. the gospel. So. It's wonderful. Yeah, our bonus girl accepted Christ last yeah. November. Amen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It it's incredible. Oh, and she wow. still talks about it. Yes. Her class assignment the other day was telling me about the best day of your life, and it was that oh. I made Jesus my Amen. boss. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wonderful. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I just think about just what 
this journey for me spiritually has done like I've grown he's I've gotten to know Jesus more through this so these mm-hmm. kids have done almost mm-hmm. so much more for me than I feel like you know I could ever do for them yeah. and so that's how it's been revealed to me yeah yeah I feel the same way um I thought about it uh, just even this morning I mean we have three daughters um Savannah Claire and, and Lily and then we have a son Brock whom we adopted in April uh 2017 so um he's seven years old and i mean i think i mean every day when i look at him it's uh it's a reminder Mm -hmm. uh well he's my son i mean Mm -hmm. i look at me i he is my son i can't Mm -hmm. picture him anywhere else or with anyone else it's a real it's a real feeling it's Mm -hmm. a real position that we have as a father and son really Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. but i also think about how he came into our lives and Mm -hmm. And how God had given him to us, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it's it's a powerful thing, mm-hmm. you know. Because it it's, well, like what you said, I've learned so much about God's love mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. through the experience of adopting our son. Like, it has, God has mm-hmm. blown me away, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, just the questions he asks or the way mm-hmm. he looks at me, mm-hmm. I mean... I, I, mm-hmm. I'm so thankful. Um, mm-hmm. It's sad. I don't want adoption to have to be. I don't want yeah. foster care to have yeah. to be. But it's kind of like what we talked about in our last episode with suffering. And Joel Tigreen was p- pulling out the truth of, it, you know, if necessary, God will let these things happen or allow these mm-hmm. things to happen to teach you. Yes. You know, yes. everything. We're in all in Christ's mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. And so even in foster care and adoption, Foster parents are growing and learning, mm-hmm. you know. So well, you yes. know, God's in the business of heart change, and so these kids come from very broken places. Mm-hmm. Um, but we often say to each other, and and try to be vocal about that as we tell our story. That who are we that we get to raise these kids, mm-hmm. you know? But yes, it's hard, and they have extra layers of care that yeah. are tough, and and sometimes we sit in the fear of that a lot. But then. You know, we go back to the faithfulness of God, but, you know, it's it's been a gift of heart change and perspective change and yeah. really puts you on mission uh, for the gospel through it. Amen. Mm-hmm. So next question, you know, what are some misconceptions about foster care or adoption, you know, that, <laughs> that maybe you've had yeah. or others have had? I think there's a lot. Yeah, there's a whole, there's like three episodes for this, but. One that came to my mind was, I think, one, in Kaylee's and I's, uh, uh, I, particularly in my family, nobody ever did foster Mm -hmm. care, and so Mm -hmm. I'm going in completely stereotyped, like, understanding, like, that's how I view it, and I think one of those is you get this idea that, like, all foster families are just there for the check, and it's just a place to stay, and they're just feeding and housing the kids, when in reality, that's not the truth. Most foster families are not doing that. They're actually Mm -hmm. investing in these children, and, Mm -hmm. and even spiritually investing them as well. And so I think that's, you know... Pay's not that good. Yeah. The, I, don't, I, I don't understand anybody who would do it for that. Being right. a year in, I'm like, no. You need to it, raise the rate. It is not. It is, it is um, so I think that's one pretty big one that I think because of probably a handful of bad situations mm-hmm. or cases, it just really gets blown out of proportion of, you know, the foster families out there that are being faithful to the mission mm-hmm. of foster care. 
I think there's this, you know, the, I call it the system out there. And, you know, I've really come through this to really care for the workers that are in this every day. Mm-hmm. Um, they have really, they have a tough job. They are, they are surrounded by brokenness mm-hmm. daily. And All so, day. Mm-hmm. And so I had a lot of feelings initially towards <laughs> them. And I think that's kind of how God has shaped me a little bit. He is um, kind of my empathy for others mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. has really come out in this. And so I really care for those workers in all facets, those caseworkers that are dealing with this. And so I've, I think there's a perception about them, and I think it's, you know, they're, they're very um, under, what's well, underappreciated, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think our... Our stories give us the chance to, I don't know, maybe work through some of those misconceptions because people are curious. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, you kind of have a captive audience, and mm-hmm. we've been asked some crazy questions. I have to. No, before, but, but it, you know, hopefully then you tell your story to, to stir their heart. Mm-hmm. But um, I was thinking of um, one of the misconceptions, you know, you hear people say, like, I couldn't do it, but I I wrote something down just because I wanted to say this verbatim that I thought was so good. Um, People don't want to do it because they don't want to get attached. I think that's one of the main things. But there's a guy, um, Jason Johnson, who Thank you for bringing that that (laughs) name, Jason Johnson Blog. Check that out. So good. So I wrote something down because I thought I want to say it how he he said it. But um, he was talking about how the thought of kids not developing attachments is what should guide us, Mm -hmm. not us getting um, attached. But he said foster care is less about um, getting getting a child for your family and more about giving your family for a child, Mm. um, providing safety and hopeful healing. But the fear of letting them go, which really stems from not getting what we want, um, it prevents most people from saying yes. Um, But he said we need to shift our thinking to what is truly devastating is a child not knowing our love, and I add, you know, and the gospel through that, um, rather than the child leaving. Um, And Matt and I were talking about this, about changing our mindset. He said this, what our mindset needs to change from what I stand to lose to what a child might gain. And that just, that gets me very emotional you know, and Matt and I, in our journeys, which were very hard with our kids, you know, we just, we wanted to be a voice for them too. You know, mm-hmm. there's a verse about being a voice for the fatherless, and I think all of that wraps up, you know, into what Jason is saying, yeah. just being willing to step out, be an advocate, be a voice. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing I heard, because, you know, once I became, once we started doing foster care in Salem mm-hmm. Springs, um, man, God just... Grabbed a hold of my heart real fast on that. You know, I'd pushed on that. Amy was ready. Hey, we need to do this. I'm like, oh, I'm not, I don't know about that. We have two little girls in the house, yeah. you know. And yeah. my, my misconceptions, <laughs> of we were the, what are we going to bring into the house? i got to protect my two daughters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that was always my, you know. Yeah. So God just kind of broke that down as I happened to be, you know, leading our student ministry through a study of Galatians and Ephesians, where adoption of sons kept coming up and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh. he does that too. Yeah, and so so we opened up shortly after that study, and uh, 
And I remember just being on this, like, you better, everyone in my church better be open in their homes. Mm-hmm. I didn't say it that way, but my heart was screaming it, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. I was just, I don't know, man. And I think that's a natural thing, you know. We, mm-hmm. we, Our eyes are open and we see it and we just need it. We want those kids in homes. Yep. But I remember talking to people about it and they would say, yeah, I don't know, I just... Um, mm-hmm. I don't get too attached. Mm-hmm. It would just be too hard for me to let those little guys come in and then to let them go. And I would, my first response was, you would be perfect. Because that <laughs> yeah. is exactly what they need. Yeah. It's someone who will love them so much and become so attached mm-hmm. to them that it's going to be hard to let them go. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the kind of love that those kids deserve, you know. Yeah. And that goes back to what I was saying earlier about how quickly it becomes us focused again. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, I would mm-hmm. get too attached. This would be just super inconvenient. Mm-hmm. Or how yeah. could I make this mm-hmm. work? And right. bottom line is if God's called you to this, he's yes. going to provide he what you need exactly for right. it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying everybody's called to open their home. But when you view it, I think one of the biggest misconceptions for me is, yes, a lot of these kids have issues. They've been through a lot, Mm -hmm. but they're just kids. I mean, they're just kids. I mean, the first time we signed up, I thought, what are we going to do the first time a kid punches a hole in our wall? Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that won't happen. That could happen. But that has been just opposite of our experience, especially, Mm -hmm. I mean, we have a three-year-old bonus girl, and she's three, um, and been through some trauma. But our 10-year-old is a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. I mean, through and through, we've never had any issues that way. And I would Mm -hmm. take it as far, this has not been our experience thus far, but Mm -hmm. to even consider bio parents. They're just people who mm-hmm. need a savior, yeah. and they've yes. they've messed yes. up. That's and good. That what you bring an opportunity, that up. yeah, to yeah. share with them yeah. through caring for their children. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. another misconception I think is that yeah. we've got to rescue these kids from their biological mm-hmm. parents. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there's some things where we do need to give yes. them that home, and they yes. don't need to go back because yes. of horrible mm-hmm. abuses and things. But the goal I learned mm-hmm. in foster care, the goal is. Uh, What's the word here? Reunification. Thank you. Reunification. (laughs) And so it was going to court and putting your arm around the bio mom and going, man, we're praying for you and we want this and for you and, you know, hang in there, you know, do what you need to do Mm -hmm. and, you know, trying to encourage her. And I remember just how much that was changing me, you know, because I was just like, you've screwed up so much. Yeah. Man, what no but all of a sudden I was for her, you know, because I would look at her son and he would talk about her often. Mm-hmm. He didn't see the things maybe that exactly. the others saw. And so I was just like, I want that. I wanted reunification mm-hmm. all of a sudden. Because to me, that was a wonderful picture of the gospel, too. It goes back to that, you know. <laughs> makes me think of that, though. It's, it's the restoration piece. And Thank you. Yes. Not that we're the mediator, but you think of we can be a reflection of mm-hmm. the mediator. Mm-hmm. You think about what Jesus stepped in and did for us. Yeah. And then we can be a mediator of being that light. For the gospel, for the birth parents, we would even pray like for the judges, for the social workers, mm-hmm. that the gospel would just go forth even in the courtroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and we may not see fruit right away, you know, right. but we seeds. don't know how God will use it. And that, yeah, yeah super exciting, brings mm-hmm. hope. Yeah, mm-hmm. amen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Finney, 
I put together some things, and then you walked in with your spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to go ahead and close this. You have to know about his spreadsheet. Yeah. He has a spreadsheet. So what are, what are some numbers or some data concerning foster care adoption that you could share with us? Um, well, I know you got some, too, so I don't want to we'll, we'll look oh, at we some. We don't have time for that. But, you know, I think these, this was the end of 2020 from the Arkansas Division of Children's and Family Services, kind of a report that they put out. And so I just looked at some reasons why um, kids enter into foster care. Um, just, you know, I think you just neglect abuse, um, inadequate housing, kind of just poverty, food insecurity, those things. Um, but something that stood out was how many kids are discharged from foster care, where do they go? So about 40% are reunified, which is great, but we know it doesn't end there. And so I think there's a huge opportunity for the church to, to step mm-hmm. in and support those families where those kids go back. You know, it goes back to support those families, those parents that may be struggling um, and, to, and continue to love on those children. And then about a third of those do go to adoption. And so it, there's a huge need for families in the church, in our communities, to step forward and, and decide to foster. Um, there's also a huge need for the rest of the church to support those that do step forward and decide mm-hmm. to foster. Yeah. They're, they're equally important. You need that. And then just in this area of Rome, we, we moved to this area about a year and a half ago um, from East Tennessee. And I was really surprised. We came from uh, uh, Knox County, and I think in that county there was maybe between eight and 900 kids in foster care. Mm-hmm. Um, in Knox County, I'm throwing out some rough numbers, but I know it's probably close to four, 400,000, 500,000 people. Um, just here in this area alone, Sebastian County has 800 kids um, mm. who are in foster care. So you think mm-hmm. about the per capita, the number of people here versus a, a city like that. There is this is a huge area for Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, so locally for us as a church and a community, um, there's a huge need to, to step in. Yeah. And it's not, it is national foster care awareness month. month. Yeah. You know, um, so it's important for us to not just take this month and highlight it, but to, mm-hmm. to build a culture, uh, yeah. um, Sure. of care for yeah. the orphan because as you know we look at James 127 mm-hmm. talking about pure and undefiled religion yes. is this you know it's almost like God's going oh you want mm-hmm. you want to know mm-hmm. okay well here it is and really it's not it's not just widows and orphans there's all kinds of practical mm-hmm. ways for us to live out the gospel mm-hmm. but this is one big mm-hmm. way that we can do this mm-hmm. as the church it's it's imperative yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. For us as believers to care for the widow and the orphan. There's no option here. Correct. You know, and like you had mentioned earlier, maybe not every person's opening their home, but I don't know if it's Jason Johnson or someone always said, you can do something. You can do something. And to be honest, we can't stay open without support. We yes. cannot That's do right. it with right. pe- without keeping people yeah. helping yeah. us. So people bringing you meals, what? people praying yes. for you, people yes. just, hey, That'd we're going to watch the kids while you yes. just go take All a nap. That's right. Yes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That sounds good. It's vital. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we, we don't have a lot of time. we got to get ready to close here. Um, but what are some, what is, what is one thing that you would say to someone who's considering Maybe they're just kind of, they're thinking about it, but they're unsure. What is mm-hmm. one thing that you could encourage them with as they're 
praying through the decision to either adopt or open up for foster care. What would be your one piece of encouragement or advice? I think I go back to what Kaylee said earlier. I was hesitant. I was similar to Chad. And there was two things that came to my mind was they're just kids. Mm-hmm. They're they're normal human being kids mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And it's that, that helps. And whenever ours showed up on our door, it was like, oh, they're mm-hmm. Here's kids, yeah. you know, <laughs> and then, and then the second thing is, is that while you need to have a commitment, I know one thing that I always came back to my mind is, and Kayla and I've always said this is like we're committed to the, these kids, but that doesn't mean that it's a full on you're opening your house for the rest of your lives, yeah. right? Like that mm-hmm. you can be in a certain season of life yeah, where you yeah. can. And you can't. So don't feel, and I think that's just kind yeah. of in the... You're making a difference, way. even if it's just for a season. Mm-hmm. Correct. I really believe that. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. And yeah. so that stemmed some of those commitment fears for me. It was like, hey, we got to step out on faith and try mm-hmm. something. But that doesn't mean you have to do it for 25, 30 years. Yeah. 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 That's good stuff. Yeah, I think it goes for me. It's just that, that faith. You know, I would encourage people mm-hmm. that... Um, Really, God is in control, and mm-hmm. to fully rely it is a mm-hmm. uh, it's a sacrificial step. And so, um, and we were on different pages. I'll just say right. we were in the same book, but we were. Yeah. <laughs> he was more for me for for it, and I was a little more in the fear category. But we stepped forward, did a class. It's, you know, it's prayed step, about it. Sorry. No, just I mean, just, to me, it's stepping forward in yeah. faith and and really holding on, holding. Cl- you know Jesus mm-hmm. very close. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes, and he he will sustain you. He will get you yes. through those yeah, those tough those tough times. Yeah, if he's called you to do it, he's yes. going to get. He's he will going provide. To, he will. Yeah. He will, and he does. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if anyone is interested in wanting any more information about foster care and adoption, you could start by. You could email me, chat at myeastside.tv, and I could give you all kinds of links and all kinds of people to talk to, whether that's information or training. We also are ministry partners with Arkansas Family Alliance here in the River Valley area and specific partners with Arkansas Baptist Children's Homes, which has a foster care arm called Connected Foster Care. And so we actually have Aaron Chastain from Connected Foster Care on our next episode to talk more about that. But yeah, (laughs) you know, I just want to thank you guys for doing what you do. And we have more than I mean, we have multiple foster families here at Eastside, and I'm so thankful for it. And so if you're listening and you're not doing that, Mm -hmm. it's okay. We just ask that you come alongside the foster families and adopted Mm -hmm. parents to encourage them, mm-hmm. pray for them, and support mm-hmm. them. And uh, just pray for more homes, you mm-hmm. know, that yeah. they would open because there is a need. Mm-hmm. So, again, chat at myeastside.tv if you have any questions. And we'll have to do this again. Mm-hmm. Have you guys on. Yeah. Thanks for your faithfulness yeah. and for just your love for God and for kids and, and the church. And I just pray God's blessings upon you. All right? Good stuff. Yeah. Thank Thanks. You so. Yeah. Thanks for being with us today. Good stuff. And until next time, we always say this. (laughs) So Emily will be mad at me if I don't close this out, okay? We always say, make disciples, okay? So here we go. You ready? And until next time, make make disciples. disciples. Thanks for tuning in to Eastside Group's podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share our podcast on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. We'll see you in the next one.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.